episode 87 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. A lot of good stuff this week to get to. We'll talk about the Knicks bringing fans back into the garden later on in the show. We'll also dive into some possible moves Knicks could be looking to make as the season moves forward. On top of that, the rest of the schedule is out through the middle of May. We'll tie that into how the Knicks are playing at the moment and the week that was with the Knicks over the last couple of games, including a postponed game that we'll, we'll look a little bit into as well. But first and foremost, Julius Randle is an NBA All-Star for the New York Knicks. What a great moment for him, his family, the Knicks organization, and the Knicks fans. Obviously, KP was an All-Star a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, actually 2018. He was an All-Star, did the skills challenge, did the whole thing. But... And before that, by the way, before that, it was mellow. So, that, you know, it's, <laughs> Knicks haven't had a lot of a lot to look at in the All-Star game of late. But now, the Knicks have another star to root on in the All-Star game. It's exciting stuff. I mean, Julius Randle's earned it this season 100%. You know, the last couple of weeks, I was getting a little nervous. I wasn't sure if he was going to get the votes. You never know. You know, things can change pretty quickly on the ballot for the all-star game but the nick fans got him over the line you guys are the best i had a feeling you guys would pull through in the end and julius randall will go to the nba all-star game talk about making your name for making a name for yourself right last year he was a little bit ridiculed but you switch the coaches tom thibodeau comes in he's gotten the most out of julius randall the knicks are a, a playoff team right now because Julius Randle is playing like an all-star, literally, and now he's getting the reward for that by actually being an all-star. And it's so great for him. It's so great for, for his family. I remember seeing a couple days ago him talking with his old coach on Zoom uh, at Kentucky, John Calipari, and just the pride he was showing. So a lot of people so proud of him. He's a humble guy, guy that's not a showboaty kind of guy. You know, not going to make a lot of noise in the media. Just gets down to business. And he's averaging 23.3 points, almost 11 rebounds per game. And he's averaging five and a half assists per game. This, I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, borderline a triple-double every night with this Knicks team. And rightfully so. He's going to be one of the Eastern Conference reserves for the All-Star game. Couldn't be happier for him. Seriously. I mean, this is an amazing, amazing thing. And this is how you start writing your name into Knicks history by making the all-star team as a Nick in your second full season. So it's, it's really a, a really cool thing to see. And obviously he was drafted back in 2014, seventh overall by the Lakers. So it's taken him a while to get to his first all-star game, but he's finally done it. He's done it as a Nick. And it was really cool. You know, seeing him get the MVP chance at the garden with the fans back in there for that Warriors game. You know, the Knicks ended up losing that game. We'll touch on that later on in the show but just that his reaction was so genuine it meant so much to him representing this franchise and getting to go to atlanta on march 7th to represent the knicks in the all-star game you know kp was in the game and he did the skills challenge and then before that it was mellow in the all-star game so this is a big deal for the knicks to get another guy back in the all-star game 
And it just shows the progress that Coach Tom Thibodeau's had with this team. That that Julius Randle gets to represent this franchise at the All-Star Game. It's a huge moment in in this franchise's development. So it, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And for Julius Randle, this is putting your flag down and saying, hey, I want to be part of what this franchise is doing in the years to come, right? There's been talk that you trade Julius Randle at some point this season, right? Well, this is this is this this is the argument to say, no, 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 we've got an all-star already on this team. And this is when, you know, the bigger free agents, the bigger guys looking to move can look at the Knicks and say, you know what? They've got a young core group. They've got good young players coming up that are developing. They play good defense. They're strong every night mentally. And they've got an all-star leading the way. That's when the other guys say, you know what? That's interesting to me. And and you know what? Tibbs is going to make sure we play hard every night. That's when you start building the culture and you start getting guys to look at your franchise as a potential landing spot. So this is a big big moment to look back on this week for the Knicks and I can't wait to see Julius Randle suit, suit up for the Knicks in the all-star game on a on excuse me March 7th in Atlanta so it's going to be a lot of fun I, I can't wait to see him there it's his first one so he's going to enjoy, enjoy the heck out of it you can already tell he's going to love being in Atlanta representing the Knicks and just having a blast. I mean, that's what it's all about. And I think he's going to really take it all in, enjoy himself, and and then have fun. That That's really what the All-Star game is all about. And then when it's time to get back to work, Julius Randle, more than anybody, will be ready to get back to work and get ready to continue this playoff push for the New York Knicks. So again, congratulations to Julius Randle. It's more than well-deserved, and, and I think that we deserved it to at least section off a good part of the first uh, few minutes of this show to tip our cap to him because he's worked his butt off since he's become a Nick. Yes, you know he had some criticism last year because of his inefficiency, but he's improved on that this year. He's, he's seemingly a better three-point shooter, better at the free throw line, and he's continued to get better from the field. He's been more, much more efficient under Tibbs this season. And when you have that kind of confidence on top of that efficiency... Julius Randle continues to, you know, stride towards reaching his potential. And for the first time in his career, he's an NBA All-Star. So it's 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 an amazing achievement for him. And again, I I it's worth reiterating. This is huge for the Knicks. Huge in the development of this team to get a guy into the All-Star game. It matters. And the the, the last thing I want to say on this is the Knicks fans once again pulled through. They backed their guy when it came down to the wire. And you got him in. You got him in because he was rightfully uh, rightfully deserved. It was rightfully deserved for him to be there. And he's going to be there in Atlanta playing for the Knicks on the Eastern Conference All-Star team. For Team Durant, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I believe uh, Julius Randle is on Team Durant. So we're Durantulas for the All-Star game this year. Really quick, I'll run through the rest of the All-Stars and the All-Star Reserves. Team Durant is Shocker, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie Irving. So those are your All-Star starters in the East. The Eastern Reserves, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, James Harden of the Nets, Zach Levine of the Bulls, our own Julius Randle, 
of the Knicks, Ben Simmons of the Sixers, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, and Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic. The West starters are on Team LeBron. Team LeBron, Team LeBron James, so it's LeBron, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, just had that crazy buzzer beater the other night in a win for the Mavericks, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard for the five on Team LeBron. Anthony Davis, who won't play, by the way, is an all-star reserve, but he won't be there. Uh, Paul George of the Clippers, Rudy Gobert of the Jazz, Damian Lillard of the Blazers, Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz, Chris Paul makes it again of the Phoenix Suns, Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans is a first-time All-Star as well, and Devin Booker makes the All-Star team for the second time. He's the replacement for Anthony Davis. So, Quinn Snyder coaches the West, and the Sixers coach, Doc Rivers, will coach the Eastern Conference All-Star. So again, one more big shout-out to Julius Randle for making the All-Star team. Really, really excited for him, and I can't wait to see how he does in Atlanta on March 7th. All right, really quick, before we move on, it's worth mentioning, Knicks are playing right now. They're playing as we speak. This is a live uh, update because this is the only time I could do the podcast this week. So, uh, late here on the Thursday, not too late, but a little bit later than I wanted to on the Thursday, uh, just because of other things going on. The Knicks are currently playing the Sacramento Kings. We won't be able to break down the full game, obviously, because the game will not end before this podcast finishes recording. It's currently 30 to 25 Knicks with 120 to go in the first quarter. So actually they just scored a bucket from Emmanuel quickly. So 32, 25, Knicks have the lead just over a minute to go in the first quarter. You guys will obviously know the result of that game by the end of the podcast. I won't. Um, <laughs> by the time this is done recorded, I will not know the end result of this game. So I'm not going to comment on it. Other than that, I'm just going to give you that update. That's all I can do. Um, maybe I'll give you one more when the podcast is done recording, but it's probably going to be around halftime or early in the third quarter. So there's going to be a lot of ball left to be played at the garden. Uh, more fans will be there. So I'm excited to hear about that when this is over. Um, but you guys will know, you guys will know the result. We'll probably break down the tail end of the game next week with the rest of the games played during the week. All right, let's look back at the week that was for the Knicks this week. Bit of an interesting one because the Knicks obviously were supposed to play three games this week, but we knew this last week, the game against San Antonio that was supposed to be played on the Saturday was postponed. So the Knicks had an extra day off and then they hosted the Minnesota Timberwolves. Let's break down that game first. This was the last game before the uh, New York State government decided to bring fans back into the garden. So the Timberwolves came into town an empty garden uh Knicks came out guns blazing in the first quarter uh held the lead you know for three quarters really didn't waver too much in the game but Minnesota with a really you know valiant effort in the fourth to try to pull this or uh, pull this back Carl Anthony Towns had 27 points and 15 rebounds and then Ricky Rubio was really the the, the spark in the fourth quarter 18 points six assists and it wasn't enough in the end the Knicks held Anthony Edwards the first overall pick to 12 points uh other than that not much to be fair from from the Timberwolves but Nas Reed had 11 off the bench McLaughlin had eight off the bench 
not much else um, from this Timberwolves team. So in the end, it was 103 to 99. The Knicks held on to get the win. Uh, six players for the Knicks, by the way, in double figures. Um, heavy bench game. This is a very uh, sorry heavy starter game, I should say, for the Knicks. All four starters played at least 29 minutes in this game, including Nerlens Noel, who had all, 10 points and nine rebounds. In the win, Julius Randle was his all-star self, 25, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, almost nailing all of his averages, actually, on the season, exceeding all of them except for the assists. And then on top of that, uh, some threes from Reggie Bullock helped a little bit. Alfred Payton had 11 and 7. Really, the difference in the game, I thought, was R.J. Barrett's 21 points. I felt like he made some big plays in the second half. They kind of ended up being pretty crucial in the 103 99 win and 13 big points off the bench from Alec Burks. Only nine minutes from Emmanuel quickly off the bench. Obi Toppin only played nine minutes. Taj Gibson played a lot off the bench. 19 minutes, 2.7 rebounds, maybe for that defensive help on Carl Anthony Towns. Not a great game off the bench from Derrick Rose, but the Knicks managed, and despite you know letting the you know, arguably the worst team in the NBA back into this game, the Knicks closed it out. And that's really all that mattered in that game those are the kind of games at home the Knicks have to win if they want to stay in this playoff race stay in this playoff hunt and in the end you know make the playoffs important win to grind out in the end it's not the way you want to win the game but a win is a win and you got to get those against the you know teams that are there to be taking there to be taken at home Knicks have got to win those games they got the win that's what matters the most so important victory for the Knicks there they followed it up with a bit of a disappointing result in the return of fans at MSG. I, I have to say, you know, Golden State looked more than up for the task in this game. They've been a decent road team for most of the season, and they played really well in the first quarter. Knicks, though, responded in the second quarter, I thought, extremely well. But the third quarter was the difference. The, the Warriors relied heavily on Steph Curry in the second half and Steph delivered 37 points six assists six rebounds Steph Curry was the difference no question in a 114-106 Golden State win Andrew Wiggins had 16 Oubre Jr. had 19 and James Wiseman the second overall pick out of Memphis had 14 off the bench listen you know Julius Randle I thought was fantastic again 25 points 10 rebounds, 7 assists, um, and Alfred Payton had 20 points, but the rest of the starters really struggled. R.J. Barrett only had 4 points on 9 shots and 10 rebounds. That was a big miss in the game. Ner- Nerlens Noel gave you 8-5 and five as a starter, but Reggie Bullock only knocked down 1-3. The Knicks really were helped a lot from the bench. Alec Burks and Taj Gibson combined for 16 points. Obi Toppin had 7 Poor shooting night from Emmanuel quickly. He only played 13 minutes, only had three points. But then really it was Derek Rose. He was a little inefficient from the field, but did have 16 points on eight assists. Those were crucial off the bench. And with quickly not playing well, that's why you brought Derek Rose in to pick up the slack on a game like this. But Steph Curry was too much, 37 points. And really, you know, in the end, it was a classic Steph game. Seven of 14 from three, and Steph Curry made all 12 of his free throw attempts that was the difference in the game and golden state gets a 114 106 win they get a little bit of revenge after the Knicks won at golden state during that four game 
West Coast trip. So not a bad split between those two. I, 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 I guess obviously you want to win at home, but luckily for the Knicks, they had already gotten Golden State once in the Bay Area. So that kind of cancels each other out. It's not the worst thing in the world. Golden State is a playoff team right now out West. So the Knicks continued to stay competitive. But again, that third quarter was a huge difference maker and one with the Knicks need to look back and, and feel like there might've been a missed opportunity there. But again, it's tough to stop Steph Curry for 48 minutes. He's one of the best shooters of all time for a reason. And he outclassed the Knicks specifically in that third quarter, but really for most of the second half. And he got help. Kelly Oubre Jr.'s 19, I think was really crucial down the stretch. So Knicks lost that one, 114-106, had a one-in-one week. And obviously at the moment they're playing Sacramento. I believe the Knicks are up after one. They're actually up nine now uh, early in the second quarter. So Knicks are hoping to, you know, obviously get back to 500. That's the point to finish off this month. You want to get back to 500, hopefully. And then look into March, feeling like there's opportunities for you to really build on that. That's kind of really where I think the Knicks could make a, a bit of a statement. So right now, obviously playing Sacramento as we speak. Then Indiana comes to town on Saturday. That's a big game, obviously in the Eastern Conference, and then a game at Detroit on the last day of February. If the Knicks can get this game tonight as we speak against Sacramento and then get that game against Indiana, that's a big, big opportunity against Detroit to get a win and possibly get above 500 going into the month of March, where, again, it's it's a, a combination of opportunity and winnable games. And we'll touch a little bit more about that on the second half of the show. But this game against Sacramento tonight, and this is all I can say about it, because the game, again, I'm not going to know the result of the game by the time this is over. And I apologize for that, just the way it goes this week. But, you know, early going, you know, you want another big game out of Julius Randle. You're going to need, I, I think Emmanuel quickly is due for another big game. But also, you know, because of that bench depth that Derek Rose gives you, it's it's important that, you know, one of those two guys is going. Alec Burks has been pretty consistent since he's come back from injury off the bench. And then for me, and this guy's, I hate to say it, he's turned into a bit of a wild card at times, but R.J. Barrett's got to have a big game. You know, it feels like when the Knicks play in big games, they need R.J. Barrett to really get 15 or 20 points to give the Knicks a real shot at winning the game. So... It's one of those things where, you know, when the Knicks are at full strength, when the Knicks have all their guys clicking on all cylinders, they can beat anybody in the NBA. It's just about putting it together. And again, that Derrick Rose move is really crucial, I feel like. It's it's really one of those things where, you know, it, just look at the last two games. Emmanuel quickly has really struggled, hasn't played a lot, and has struggled. Derrick Rose comes off, comes off the bench and gives you something. You know, Obi Toppin is still looking to establish himself. He's dealt with injuries. So you need somebody to give you some consistent pop off the bench. And Alec Burks has done that, and so has Derrick Rose. And with Nerland's Noel now looking to be the guy that slides into that starter position, with Mitchell Robinson out, he can't give you that stuff you normally get from him off the bench. He's now getting more minutes. So it's even more important that the Knicks continue to to get that kind of play from their backcourt off the bench. 
And listen, the Knicks are tonight without Alfred Payton. That's worth noting as well. So they're a little shorthanded themselves tonight, are the Knicks. He's got a hamstring injury, and he's not going to play. So the Knicks are a little shorthanded against Sacramento tonight, but the hope is that they'll still be able to get that bench scoring they need to put themselves over the top. And for the time being, the Knicks do have a slim 45-40 lead with nine, just under nine minutes to play in the second quarter. So that's the hope. That's the hope is that that second unit can really give you a boost tonight and hopefully get it. I think it would be a crucial win for the Knicks if they can pull it out because then you look at Indiana coming into town, chance to get to 500. It's a big game. So all hands will need to be on deck. But then you go to Detroit and there's a big opportunity there to end the month above 500. That's a big chance. So we'll see. We'll see. It starts tonight. Knicks have the lead at the moment at Madison Square Garden. Take a break here. When we come back, take a look at the second half of the Knicks schedule through mid-May. Opportunities for the Knicks to capitalize on some wins against some teams that they should beat. And then obviously where the challenges will be there as well. On top of that, we'll look at some moves the Knicks could possibly make and players they're linked to. As the season continues to move on, we get closer to the NBA trade deadline. All that more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Second half of the show, we're going to dive into the schedule first, and then we'll dive in to the Knicks' possible moves that they could be making moving forward. Real quick, though, I, I did want to mention this, and I didn't get a chance to talk about this as much as I wanted to in the first segment. How about the fans? I know I know the Knicks lost to Golden State, and I and I'm I'm watching the game on mute right now while I do the podcast, so I, I don't I can't hear the fans right now. But the fans for Golden State for the Golden State game, God, did we miss them? Holy smokes! The eighteen thousand, I'm sorry, the eighteen that were in there sounded like the eighteen hundred that were in there sounded like eighteen thousand. That's what I'm trying to say, and they were fantastic. Nick fans are the best, and it was just an amazing atmosphere inside the garden julius randall i mentioned his speech was great the reaction he got the mvp chance he got from the nick fans great to see some celebrities back in there jada kiss is there tonight tracy morgan was there for the first game back others have tried to get in as well um there's been other photos i've seen i can't remember exactly who else was there uh, it's just great to see fans back in the garden it's why we got to keep this effort up there's more vaccines on the way we got to continue to do our part to fight COVID so we can get all of the garden full as soon as possible who knows knock on wood maybe get more fans back in this season try to get the knicks into the playoffs so it's great to see that happen and you can just see it was smiles all around i was watching on msg networks and everywhere you looked every fan they panned to everyone was just having a blast everyone was following the protocols that's what it's all about right now so i was so happy to see that all the fans that were there were awesome. So give you you guys you guys the best. You guys represented us so well at the Garden. So great. I was so excited about that. So I just wanted to reiterate that because I I, I kind of it was more of the Julius Randall thing. We're trying to give Julius Randall his due in the first half of the show. The fans though needed their due as well. That you guys were great, and I'm sure you're being great right now in you know against the Kings as well. So keep it up, keep it up, and hopefully we we'll get the Garden full again or even fuller as soon as possible 
this season. All right, really quick, really quick, because I do, again, I do want to touch on the Knicks' moves. I do want to, you know, potential trade opportunities. I I do want to get into the schedule, though, first. And the reason is, you know, it's it's worth diving in because of the fact that there's a lot of junctures that are pretty crucial this season for the New York Knicks. There's a lot coming up that, you know, are... You know, the Knicks are in a playoff fight. The Knicks are in a playoff fight right now. And, you know, again, we'll touch on the trade deadline stuff, but let's do the schedule first. So, again, the Knicks play Sacramento right now. It's underway, well underway now. They're getting, you know, deeper and deeper into the second quarter. Knicks have a 10-point lead over the Kings. Indiana and Detroit, home and away, finish the month. Here's how the rest of the schedule looks. I'm not gonna guy. I'm not gonna dive through every game. I, I've made that mistake before on this podcast. You guys don't always like that. I don't blame you. But there's too many games to go in deep here. But I do have a few dates picked out. The first one is very early on in the month of March. The Knicks have Detroit at home. That's a big game. Knicks have to win that game. Home games against teams below them in the standings. The Knicks have to get as many of them as they possibly can get. Then a big four-game road trip. Kind of all over the place, but it's Milwaukee away, Oklahoma City away, Brooklyn away, Philly away. So those are, you know, two of them in particular are big. Two division games in there. Knicks would love to get OKC back, I think, for that win at the Garden. That would be a nice one to get as well. And the Knicks have already beaten the Bucks at home this season, so the Bucks will want a little bit of revenge themselves. But then the Knicks have four at home. All four, I feel like, are big, winnable games. First Orlando, Knicks have got to get that Orlando loss back, I feel like. That's a big opportunity for the Knicks to get one back, I feel like. Then Philly at home, which is a game that, you know, Philly will be favored, but I feel like it could be a big confidence booster potentially for the Knicks. And then two big home games in a row, both against the Wizards, March 23rd, March 25th. March 25th, by the way, the trade deadline as well. We'll touch on that in a second so lot of big opportunities there for the knicks the knicks have minnesota on the schedule dallas on the schedule they play detroit again at the beginning of april during a three-game road trip where they also go to brooklyn and they go to boston that could end up being a pretty big game because the knicks and celtics are even at the time of recording in the standings the knicks have memphis at home new orleans and dallas away the new orleans charlotte at home and the Knicks have, including that Charlotte uh, and New Orleans latter two games, the Knicks have a six-game homestand. All winnable games. New Orleans, Charlotte, Atlanta, Toronto, Phoenix, and Chicago. All at home. That's a huge homestand to finish out the month of April. One where I get... The Knicks could go 4-2, and 5-1. and one. That's a big, big opportunity, including two actually three nationally televised games. So those are all going to be big games potentially for the Knicks. But then the Knicks have a six-game road trip after that. The NBA is all over the place with this schedule. Memphis, Denver, Phoenix, LA, Los Angeles, uh, the Lakers, and then the Spurs to finish up. That's tough. That's very tough. So that homestand is going to be crucial because the Knicks 
you know, are not going to be expected to do very well on that lengthy road trip. So if the Knicks can go four and two, five at one at home, then maybe your your aim is three and three on a road trip like that. Houston and Memphis become, you know, games you look at, and then maybe um sorry, San Antonio is at home. I apologize. The Lakers is the last game on the road. Maybe that Denver game, maybe that Phoenix game is you what is the one you look to. Or depending on where the Lakers and Clippers are in the standings late in the season, this is very late on now. Maybe look to one of those two games as well. Then to finish off the regular season, at least as it stands right now, Spurs at home, Charlotte at home, Boston at home. All three could be crucial down the stretch for the New York Knicks to try to wrap up a playoff spot potentially. Or seeding. Who knows? Depends on where the Knicks are in the next few months. But all I will say, all I will say, right, I briefly went through that. At least as briefly as I could. There's a ton of opportunities there for the Knicks. A ton. In April and May. And March. The last three months of the season. A ton of chances for the Knicks. To make up ground in the standings. A lot of winnable games. A lot of divisional games. Big games at home. Schedule's a little weird down the stretch. No question about that. But welcome to COVID 2021. That's just how it's got to be. But I, I I, really, I can't wait. Because I really hope there's fans for those six games at home. I really do. That's going to be a lot of fun. Six straight home games at the Garden, including a back-to-back in there as well. I really hope that the Knicks make it rocking over those six, six game home, that six-game homestand. It could, it's gonna, it could be mental down the stretch as the Knicks fight for, for the playoffs could be really a lot a lot of fun so we'll see that's what it looks like right now listen there's tough stretches on there that six game road trip is a doozy specifically those last uh <laughs> those last four not gonna be easy but hopefully the knicks by that point will be able to either you know lay claim to a playoff spot so hopefully maybe they'll be fighting for seeding or you know, be in good shape from that homestand. You know, to give themselves maybe a less less room for error on that six game road trip because that's going to be unforgiving. You know, the Knicks, it could be very tough uh, if the Knicks head into that six game road trip with work to do. So hopefully the Knicks will have either a taken care of their business because it's late in the season, but more importantly, have some some room for for error there because they've taken care of business at home. So that those are the two things that you have to weigh going down the stretch, going into April and May and towards the end of the season. Uh, and, and at that point, as you get closer to the playoffs for this Knicks team. So interesting stuff, interesting stuff there. No question about it involving the Knicks schedule. And obviously the game tonight is important against the the Sacramento Kings. No question about it. This is a game the Knicks uh, would really, really, really need uh, at this point in the season. They're trying to get back to 500. And it could be a, a game that they look at later in the season as one that did matter. You never know. When you're in a playoff race, uh, those are the kind of games you look at. Those are the kind of games at home you look to win. And hopefully the Knicks can uh, can finish the job at home tonight. And again, apologize for that. It's time of recording. Only time I can record it this week. So I won't be able to fully break down the game. But obviously the Knicks looking to win at home against the Sacramento Kings without Alfred Payton and without Mitchell Robinson 
as well. All right, let's now go to the possible moves the Knicks could be making towards the end of the regular season. Or I should say the end, uh, I should say the trade deadline, which is March 25th, by the way. Time of recording, we're one month away exactly from the NBA trade deadline. A lot of stuff could still happen, obviously. There's a lot of things that could still go down towards, uh, I should say from now, towards that trade deadline which is uh, not too far away. It feels like it's it's uh, it's getting ever so closer, obviously. So March 25th is the NBA trade deadline. What are the Knicks looking at? What's going on behind the scenes? Well, according to Mark Berman of the New York Post, Berman has attached them to Bradley Beal and Victor Oladipo. On top of that, and this is the one that I was a little, not not surprised because of the Knicks' current situation, but... Just surprised in general. But the Knicks are, quote-unquote, according to Mark Berman, analyzing a possible deal for Andre Drummond as well. Very interesting, interesting stuff. Number one. Andre Drummond. On paper. On paper. Currently in Cleveland. Interesting one. Interesting one, because, first of all, he's a local guy. He was born in Mount Vernon, New York, so he's from the area. Went to Connecticut, by the way. So he really stayed local for, for most of his career until he got to the pros, where he was in Detroit for quite some time, was an all-star a few times, an all-NBA player as well, and is obviously one of the best rebounders in the league for about a four-year period, basically. But... It's kind of he's kind of fallen off a little bit, and despite some pretty good numbers this season, again he's averaging well over a double double with Cleveland. You know, many see that you know his his production is not important anymore in the grand scheme of the NBA. And obviously, the the Cavs are going through a tough stretch right now. They've lost I think ten or eleven in a row. Oh no, ten of their last eleven. They just ended I think their losing streak the other night. Or I guess, let me check. Well, well, they did, but Andre Drummond didn't play. Andre Drummond has not played in the last few games. So the the idea, potentially here, is to bring him in to replace Mitchell Robinson's production. So the Knicks are looking into it. Is he going to be healthy enough? Is he going to be productive enough if he fights through an injury to play for the Knicks down the stretch? It's an interesting idea. It is, because Nerlens Noel is not a guy... That you brought in to be a starter on this team. Nerlens Noel is supposed to be coming off the bench and giving you, you know, maybe seven, eight points, four, five rebounds, two, three blocks. That's what you're hoping for from Mitchell Robinson. I'm sorry, excuse me, for Nerlens Noel off the bench. Andre Drummond, because he fills a need, makes some sense. And again, he's he's only 27 years old. So he's a guy that you could have being a part of this team moving forward, and especially considering the fact that Taj Gibson isn't getting any younger, and you're still using him off the bench. Andre Drummond's a guy you could have on your team for, for three, four years and gives you decent production off the bench. Or in this case, he'd likely be a starter for the rest of the season if things were to go where the Knicks would hope if they were, decide to, were deciding to bring him in. So he off him off the top is very interesting to me because... He fills a role that the Knicks need that could be crucial down the stretch if the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. 
Right now, the Knicks are the nine seed on a tiebreaker, I think. There's a lot of records that are the same right now, which means the Knicks are in. The Knicks would play in the play-in games that are before the NBA playoffs, and they'd, they'd be in. So the Knicks obviously would want to improve on their seeding, and they have an opportunity to do that, and they obviously haven't locked in anything. Nobody has. So there's a lot of room a lot of room to grow, but there's a lot of games still to be played. Andre Drummond's an interesting one. No question. I think if the Knicks get what they're looking for, and that's a healthy Andre Drummond who's, you know, close to what he's been bringing for the most part for Cleveland, and depending on what they'd have to give up, that's an interesting move potentially to do for the Knicks. Now, to be fair, he's got a pretty big contract as well, Andre Drummond. That's the other part of this as well. Um, let me see if I can find the numbers on that. Cause I think they slightly changed when he moved over from Detroit to Cleveland, but it's still a lot of money if memory serves. So with Detroit, he was making a crap ton of money. We're talking 22, 23, $25 million with the Pistons with Cleveland because of the, tra- and, and along with this trade kicker, 27 million this year he's making 27 or sorry 28.7 million dollars so the Knicks would have to pay probably some of that off the good news for this deal for the Knicks potentially is that Andre Drummond is an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season so the Knicks could re-sign him if they like what they see and get a much more you'd hope team-friendly contract out of him where you, you'll probably have to pay him a good amount because he's one of the better rebounders in the NBA, but you're, you're not going to have to pay $28 million to get him because he's not as valuable as he was three, four seasons ago. So it's one of those things where this could be a win-win potentially for the New York Knicks if they decide to make this move, but then it comes down to who do you want to give up to the Cleveland Cavaliers to get an Andre Drummond. It's an interesting situation that the Knicks find themselves in if they decide to go through with this deal. Two more quick ones before we get out of here this week that are worth looking at. Bradley Beal and Victor Oladipo. The Oladipo one to me makes more sense. I I think you would probably have to give up less to get him. I think he would fit the system really well. He's an all-star. He's a star player, caliber kind of guy. He's going to score the ball. He's going to give you what you need on both ends of the floor. Would I take Bradley Beal in a heartbeat? It depends. I I think if we were talking, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think a lot of Knicks fans, including myself, would have jumped at the chance to trade for Bradley Beal. But now that we've seen what this team can do, again, you'd always want a Bradley Beal on your team. He's become a shoo-in all-star. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA. He's definitely a viable option. But the problem now is he's a, he's a big player that needs to take up a lot of space on your roster because he's going to cost a lot of money. Would Bradley be... Because let, let's say this. I've heard a few other uh, people talk about this in the media. And and, and this is this is something I, I realized even first talking about this deal early in the season, you know, before the Knicks really played that many games. If you were to give up a ton to, for, to get Bradley Beal, yes, you'd have Bradley Beal, but now there's nobody left on the roster. So he's in, the, he's in a very similar spot that he was in Washington. The main guy on a team that's not good enough to make the playoffs. Whereas, you know, 
Whereas it'd be different if he was a free agent, he just signed, and then the Knicks would figure out the cap space, but then they'd have a team around Bradley Beal that, you know, not only could make the playoffs, but maybe could do some damage in the playoffs. So those are two different worlds, and I don't think the world of the latter scenario would happen here. I just don't think the Knicks could get away with a deal here where they still have enough pieces to make the playoffs around Bradley Beal, despite how good Bradley Beal is. So that one's more dangerous because you're going to have to give up a lot. Julius Randle would likely be included in a deal for Bradley Beal. Like, that's what we're talking about here. That's who they would want in a deal like this. It wouldn't just be Nilakina Knox and maybe Mitchell Robinson. They would want Mitchell Robinson. They'd want Julius Randle. And then they'd probably want one other piece and maybe a draft pick or two. They, this is their franchise they'd be trading away. They want a crap ton in return, and rightfully so. Bradley Beal is one of the best players in the NBA. So the Knicks, again, should look into this, because if they can get a, a deal that makes sense, they got to pull the trigger. Because then, if you get a deal done where you don't, you know, capitulate what's left of your roster, you know, you don't trade that all away... Bradley Beal enters your team and you're you're a really viable contender now potentially in the Eastern Conference if you keep Randall and quickly and Barrett and 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 Rose and and the rest. Burks, Toppin, you know, you look at who they could potentially keep. That's a really good team still with Bradley Beal added in who can score you 27-28 a night. But if you have to give up Randall and you have to give up Robinson, and then some picks, that team is not as good now. That team does not look the same. So that that would be the that's the trepidation around the Bradley Beal move. That again, worth looking into, because he's one of the best players in the league. Right? And with Tibbs in charge, you think, all right, he can make it work if they get the right things around him. But the Knicks have a good team right now. So you gotta be careful. You know, you want to continue to grow and get better while also, you know, adding pieces. That's where, you know, this is a kind of move that now becomes more of a tough decision than it would have been six, seven months ago, where you where you would have said, we'll sell the farm, give us Bradley Beal. The farm's looking pretty nice right now. A lot of good up-and-coming players. Julius Randle's now an all-star. So, you know, this is not the same Knicks team when everyone said, trade them all for Bradley Beal six, seven months ago. This is a much different team now. So the discussion changes. It's the way it works. So that one that one is the more trepidatious one where I think you could give up less to get yeah, maybe more injury-prone player in Victor Oladipo, but a guy that could give you a lot, potentially, without breaking the bank, without giving up your entire team to get him. So we'll see how the Knicks decide to handle that. I think Andre Drummond out of the three makes the most sense. You can give up the least amount of the three to get him, and he fits a role on your roster and then you could potentially re-sign him at the end of the season to a long-term deal if you like what you see and he's still only 27 years old so that one makes the most sense on paper Oladipo you're going to give up a little bit more and then Bradley Beal you might have to break the bank but we'll see what the Knicks decide to do moving forward again the trade deadline date is March 25th that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast thank you guys as always for listening to the show you guys have been loyal from the beginning i love you guys so much continue to stay safe out there hopefully i'll see you guys at the garden sooner rather than later have a great week everybody and i will see you guys next time on the shock shock nicks podcast 
on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.